Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. Yeah. I'm Alan, and... What's I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm excited to be here. I could tell you were excited from the very beginning today. Yeah. You okay over there? I'm ready to do the... Let's do this, man. Uh, by the way, I'm Alan, and with me, the other guy, that's Mark. Whatever. It, they don't care. Uh, yeah, we're Alan and Mark over here. We really should have done more <laughs> variety in recording this at the beginning than we really have. Yeah. Uh, Why wait yeah. till 110 episodes in to screw things up? I don't even, I don't. I mean, make things better. At this point, we're just, uh, I've had way too much coffee today. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, we normally sometimes record earlier in the day. It's right. later in the day today. Right. Uh, and uh, so it's a different dynamic. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It feels uh, the winds or the something about the lunar cycle. It's uh, the winds of change. And uh, that's a good song. That is a good song. That's Scorpions. That's a good band. Yeah. 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 They're for, German. For those of you a certain age. Yeah. 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 We Old. Were, we were rocking out to them in a junior high, as I recall. Yeah. Like yeah. a hurricane. Like a hurricane. Uh-huh. Speaking of coffee, Mark. Yeah. yeah I noticed as I was coming in this morning, I parked and I saw all these yeah. boxes and they were all empty. And then on my way in through the lobby, you yep. know, the big, the big grand lobby the of the entrance lobby. of uh, LFP Worldwide Headquarters. Yeah. I saw the Marbucks there on the left. Yep. So they have moved in. Are, are they open? That, well, you've been testing, clearly. I have are they been, open uh, to the public, though? Well, no, not the public. What happened is... Uh, I, I asked them for some uh, free samples. I well, wanted sure. to be a, a I, I said. You put the Mar in Marbex, so I, you deserve a few. I, uh, I, I, uh, I don't want to put the bucks in it, though. That's why I asked for free samples. <laughs> you see how that works? Yeah. It's very and, good, actually. And, and it's, a, it's very tasty, tasty coffee. Sure. However, not all is good because uh -oh. I found out that uh, apparently they use sauces. I don't understand. I don't I thought understand we said this. No sauces. No sauces. I like don't. In the company charter, mm -hmm. it says no sauces. In the sealed reports from <laughs> HR, yes, it says no sauces. Yeah, that's we, right. We can't revisit that. No, we just gotta no, we move can. on. Yeah, that's we, what we, we do. do. But uh, they they will be opening next week. All right. And uh, I think. Uh, well, I'm gonna get here early then. Try and sample a little bit. <laughs> I think Harvey's gonna work there. No, then I'm not gonna go at all. Yeah, Harvey's going to work there. He's going to be real pleasant. Sure he is. You know, like he normally is. Uh -huh. Not big grumble guts like yeah. he is. Yeah. Um, and he was very thankful. I, I helped to get him the job. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so he, he said that he would write some of my titles for my stories. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see how he does. I'm sure they're going to be stellar. They're going to be stellar. Yeah. Oh, you got him today? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't wait to hear him. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, hey, Mark, why don't we get into this thing? And this right. thing being season six, episode 11, New Beginnings. Oh God, are we not done with this yet? No, All right. no we're just getting started. Jeez, that's the, I'm that's crow. the way this works, Mark. Episode 11. Episode 11 of season six. Yeah. Um, I can say I believe we're at the halfway point of season six. Yes. And um, you, you uh, just would have heard, I think, our, our uh, what was that thing? The grab bag we did last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hope you enjoyed that. We took a little break here in season six and kind of did a, a season five recap. We normally do that a little earlier in season, but we thought, what the heck? That's right. We kind of had a little bit of an interesting summer. So we thought, let's do that and get that out of the way. And then let's get into the business of the business. And because uh, we got, what, 20... Roughly 22 episodes left to go. Yeah. The whole thing. Something like that. That's crazy. And then we're done. That's I, crazy. I really like the, the location guides. I thought those are interesting. They were very interesting. I hope people enjoyed that. And, and I, I, when I, when we were listening to the edit, you know, it's a little bit of a list reading. So I, I hope people weren't bored by that, but I hope they were listening more to the content because it's pretty cool stuff. It is. Or even if you, if you like it, but you don't want to listen to us, 
listen to where we mention where you can go find it and read it for yourself. Absolutely. You don't have to listen to us read stuff for you. Or go to your uh, your player thing and put us on Alvin and Chipmunk's speed and we're, we don't <laughs> take quite so long. That's how I. That's how we edit in the booth. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I know the tricks of the trade. I don't want to listen to me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, oh no. God, that's you awful. You can barely listen to me now. I, I understand that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Mark, this episode first aired on January 16th, uh, 2014, mm-hmm. the day after my birthday. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's a Capricorn, just like me. Yay. So happy Capricorns. Yeah. Um, and um, I believe this one was directed by Alan Yang. That you sounds know, right. Yeah. Mr. What, what's his name in the band? Oh, he's Chang? a Chang. Yeah. Uh, I really hate that, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do. I can't help it. He's not doing the podcast anymore. He's not. No. Jim O'Hare and their producer, Gregor Levine, who is also a producer of Perks and Recreation. That's right. uh, They're doing the podcast. And I actually, no offense to Alan and Rob, I I thought they did a fine job, but um, I like these guys better. I think they're doing a good job. I do too. Yeah. And I've I've sent Jim a couple notes telling him I thought so. And uh, he was gracious enough to be thankful for for the notes and uh, actually pinged him on the writer strike too and told him to stay strong along with the rest of the crew. I don't know if you saw this, Mark, but literally it was last, maybe about this time last week, middle of the week, you know, the uh, the the folks on the writer strike and the, the SAG after strike, the actors as well, they're kind of going a lot by lot. Mm-hmm. And one day they decided to have a little mini parks reunion. Mm-hmm. And there were about 17 people there associated with the I show. I saw Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz was there. Jim O'Hare. Jim O'Hare. Little Sebastian. Little... How'd they do that? Uh, amazing. Like brought him back from the dead. That's willpower. Well, it's a seance. I mean, it's evil willpower, <laughs> but yeah, it was very impressive. It was impressive nonetheless. Yeah. Give that, give that horse some Marbucks and get, yes, get him up and kick it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that was amazing. I think if you want to go check it out, head over to Instagram and look at Allison Becker's page. Allison was there. And some of her videos, some of the best I saw. Uh, Nick Offerman was there. Aretta mm-hmm. um, was there. Uh, Adam Scott was there. Looks like the producers were there. I, I mean, Mike, Sh- Mike, uh, what's his name there? Did sure. He? Mike, sure. That guy. Yeah. He's there. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, that is. I, I feel like the only people that weren't there were, were like Amy and Aziz. I mean, they were really close having a full cast there. Chris Pratt was also not there, but you know what Pratt did do that I thought was cool. He, he put a shout out on his page in support and, and mentioned that, you know, he wasn't able to join. So I thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah. but um, you know, that wasn't the reunion we were hoping for. Of course, we're still hopeful for that one. Yeah. It was cool to see everybody together in support of, you know, uh, better rights for the writers and the actors. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, I think we still officially think the right way to go prequel. I, I agree. I, if, if we had to choose and maybe we just write it and get it done. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. All the interns whip that up. Fair enough. Yeah. When they're not working <laughs> was, at Marbucks. Well, I was going to say in between their Marbucks shifts, or we could have uh, we could do it with AI now because they can write stuff. Apparently that's what the studios are going to do without the writers. Oh dear. Yeah. So yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yep. <laughs> probably about as good as this show, as a matter of fact. Well, so. better. I'm well, sure. Probably better. Yeah. Good point. Yep. Well, so we mentioned Alan was the director of this episode. Alan produced 88 episodes. Uh, he wrote 16 and this is the second of two he directed. 
He also directed an episode from season five, Swing Vote, which I think was the the penultimate episode of season five. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sam Means was our, our writer today, also a producer of Parks and Rec in season six and seven. This is his first of two He's he gets the golden pen for. Yep, yep. And uh, he'll also come back a little later in season six with episode 16, New Slogan. Nice. So, yeah. So, we've got some pros today. And, uh, Mark, why don't we jump right into our episode synopsis and... Uh, Get this thing on the road. It's synopsises, sir, on the round table. Yeah. Whatever. Use your English degree. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Um, I I split this sucker up into three stories. Huzzah! Huzzah! Victory is mine. Yes, I love it. Now we'll see if victory is Harvey's because he made the titles here. (laughs) Let's see. Um, For the ace. Is there a theme? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. You're just going to read them raw. Yeah, this is raw. Go for it. All right, A story. Milk, milk, lemonade, around the corner, stew is made. <laughs> Sorry. Remind me. It wasn't that funny, but it was funny enough that the whatever I was drinking there almost came out my nose. Yeah, I nearly got spewed oh. on across the table. Did I go wow. up your nose? It went up my nose. Awesome sauce. It, yes, it was awesome sauce. It's about to make some awesome sauce. <laughs> <laughs> no, HR said you can't do that. Uh, it's, but I can't help it. it. It's sealed it's records. Come out of my nose. No, no. That was kind of funny, though. That was pretty milk, funny. Milk, milk, lemonade around the corner. Stew is me. All I right. Like as Leslie returns to her position as deputy director of Parks and Rec on a full-time basis, she expects everything to be the same as it was when she left. However, she instead sees many differences. April is handling animal control with ease. Tom is firing on all cylinders in his new role of business liaison. Tom mentions his project to enlist a juice company to run a lemonade stand in one of Pawnee's parks to replace a retiring hot stew chef and states he will be pitching the idea to the Pawnee Small Business Coalition. While somewhat impressed with Tom's initiative, Leslie is not impressed with Tom's decision to do things his way instead of following her uh, well-established presentation guidelines that have been a Parks Department staple for 10 years, Alan. Worried Tom will fail in his presentation, Leslie decides to convince the hot stew chef to not go into retirement, deciding to actually represent him and ultimately planning to go head-to-head with Tom in front of the Small Business Coalition. What will happen? Can Tom get his lemonade stand idea going? What will happen to the hot stew stand? Will Leslie be able to get back into the rhythm of things? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job. I thought that was an excellent title. I, clearly not written by you. So no, I, no, I, no. So that's why it's so good. Yeah, it's very funny. I, I Mine's not as good, mm. um, but I did have at least a theme. So my theme is Abandoned Movies. Okay. And, and their titles, as it would be inferred. So uh, my, my title for this one is uh, Park Wars 3, Return of the Nope. Oh, I like it. So, I like it. Yeah. A little nerdy inspired, but you know, hey. <laughs> All right. I like it. My B story, Prank Sinatra. I like that too. That's pretty good. Harvey's That's, on a roll here. Harvey is in a roll. Yeah, he's on a roll. All right. Ben has an open house on his first day as Pawnee City Manager. He attempts to show everyone, particularly April, Andy, and Donna, that he is very cool, calm, and laid back. He's their buddy, but he also implements a number of new rules to assert his position as a no-nonsense boss. Sensing Ben is wound very tight, the trio decides to prank him with a false arrest to lighten him up. You know how that goes, Alan. Two Pawnee police officers end up escorting a terrified Ben down to the station, trumping up ridiculous charges the whole way, 
until Ben thinks he'll never see the light of day again until... April, Andy, and Donna come to the police station and reveal the prank. Ha ha ha. Uh-huh. Even though the trio thinks it's hilarious, Ben is not amused. <laughs> How will this turn out? How will this turn out? <clears throat> did <laughs> did Ben pee his pants at the police station? Will Ben try to do anything in retaliation? Did Andy like the illegal French cheese? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Continue on my uh, movie titles theme or, uh, you know, abandoned movies. Yeah. You know, you've heard the the play goes wrong, right? Yeah. Well, this is the prank goes wrong. <laughs> a hazing story. Nice. Yes. Very apropos. Yes. All right. C story. To wed or to not to wed. That is the question. He put too many twos in there. Yeah. He's but, not good with the grammar. But hey, still get it. I still get it. Yeah. yeah. All right. In the middle of taking pictures around City Hall to show their unborn baby where they met, Chris and Anne consider their situation and their plans for the future and spontaneously decide they should get married. They head to a jewelry store in Pawnee where they begin shopping for an engagement ring. Listening to another engaged couple also shopping there, they realize how much forethought is typically put into something like this and they start to question not only whether or not they want to buy the ring, but whether or not they want to get married. What will happen? Will Ann and Chris decide to get married? What will Ann and Chris buy at the jewelry store? Will Jerry die from cracker dust inhalation? <laughs> Hang in there, true believers only. Time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Uh, I, I'd say yours just kind of puttered out slightly there at the end. It did. But so did mine. Uh, uh, my, mine's more of a TV show, I suppose. It's a TV movie. Mark. Okay. Yeah. Made for TV. <laughs> Made for TV. Quantum Leap. The engagement. Yes. So there you go. It's a bit of a leap for them, right? I love Quantum Leap. That I was one too. of my favorite shows yeah. of all time. Have you watched the new one at all? No. I haven't either. No. Yeah. I'm a scared too. I'm a sometimes scared sometimes too. they reboot and they don't want the I, I don't want to be an old curmudgeon and tell the show to get off my lawn. Yeah. But sometimes they screw with a good formula and you're like, now you've tarnished the memory. Mm, good point. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting to see what happens with renewals and such. Although it's gonna be weird this year again with the all the, the strike stuff, you know. Yes. It's gonna be hard to tell what comes back and because what doesn't come back normally and what doesn't come back because of business. Right, yeah. right. Be interesting. Well, nice job there on the synopsis, Mark. Um, I'm assuming you 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 worked through all that and came up with an AKA for the week. Yes. What'd you get? All right. My AKA. Because we always do a much better job than NBC. Well, sure. So, they, they, they suck at this. So here we go. My AKA comes from uh, Chris Pratt as Andy. And he says uh, to Ben, he says to Ben, he says, listen, I know you're the governor or whatever, and I'm <laughs> government junior. <laughs> That's right, Andy. You're government junior. junior. <laughs> That's what it says on your business card. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Mine's also Andy. Oh. Yeah. Um, he walks into Ben's office and says, uh, hey, I was just printing out my Minesweeper high score. I noticed this memo. <laughs> Not real subtle. No. no. I'm thinking, you know, I, I know that Andy, uh, you know, Ben kept Andy on as his assistant. Right. Even though, you know, uh, they're not working there for Lord Sweetums. Fancy Face right. or Sweetums or any of that stuff anymore. So right. it's uh, it's nice that he's loyal, but um, I don't know if Andy's got the chops. Um, Based on these two AKAs, I'm a little worried. Let me just say it that way. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I mean, did you see his high score on Minesweeper? He he's he's got some Minesweeper chops. He really does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was impressive. 
Well, hey, Mark, why don't we jump into our breakdown now? All right. Let's get into the break it down. The break it break down. All right. So we got our cold open. Um, I guess I'd say it's kind of plot relevant-ish. What do you think? I mean, it is in the sense that it's setting up Leslie's return. Yes. Yeah. Good, Could good we have done without it? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're, we start off at City Hall and we're in Ron's office and we see Ron sitting in his desk when Leslie walks in. Wait, who's here? Hey, Constantine, are you here? Yeah. Hey, start us off right, buddy. Play the clip. He didn't look sure he was here. Yeah, he didn't know. Hello, I am Leslie Nope, and I am here to interview for the Deputy Parks Director job. Leslie, this is ridiculous. It's your job. Take it. Well, I should have to interview, just like everyone else. Mm. Now, if you'll see on my resume, I held the position of Deputy Director of Parks and Recreation for almost 10 years. I know. I was your boss. I also walked you down the aisle at your wedding. <laughs> Take the job and leave me alone. Come on, Ron. Just interview me. No special treatment. Okay, fine. What do you believe should be the ultimate goal of this department? The ancient Greek version of the park was mm. the Agora, a gathering place for people from all walks of life. What are you writing? Is it good? What do you think <laughs> is the best use of our yearly budget? It's right there in the name, maintaining our beautiful parks and providing oh, healthy no. outdoor recreation. I'm sorry, Miss Nope. The correct answer is give it all back to the taxpayers. <laughs> it seems you and I have fundamentally different philosophies. Frankly, it's a miracle we ever worked together without killing each other. Good day. Ha ha. Okay, no more goofing around. Just tell me I have the job. I have a lot of other people to meet with. I'll be in touch. Ron, come on. It's me. Give me special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> backfired on her. <laughs> she uh, she didn't want special treatment until she did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the way, way it always works. It, it's, a, it's a time honored. Uh, it's a, yeah, it happened. It's one of those things. Yeah. Well, a tradition. That's what they're called. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we open up the main episode in the Parks Conference Room. And for a few moments, it's just like old times, but it quickly becomes apparent to Leslie that there have been some changes in her absence. Yeah, it's a little bit later in the day. We're still at City Hall and we cut to the uh, the Parks Conference Room, uh, the Jerry Gergich Memorial uh, <laughs> yes. Conference Room. And we see Leslie meeting with the gang. In this case, it's Ron, Tom, April, Donna and Jerry. And it's her first meeting after being back full time. And I think Leslie expects everything to just be exactly the same as she remembers it. And she quickly finds out that that's not necessarily the case. So to kick things off, Tom tells them that the owner of the hot stew stand in Lafayette Park is getting ready to retire. And in his capacity as Pawnee's new business liaison, Tom got the Indiana Brothers Juice Company to agree to rent out the space as a lemonade stand and is bringing his idea to the Small Business Coalition. And Leslie offers to start putting things together, like environmental impact study, demographic research, that sort of thing. But Tom tells her, nope, no need. He's taking care of everything. And actually, there's nothing for her to do. I think Leslie's a little bit uncomfortable. I feel like she expected to be needed right away. Yes. Yeah. And then when she saw that Tom had it all taken care of, including his, uh, what was it, the pop, the champagne pop corker yeah, on yeah. his phone? Yeah, it's yeah. It's only $9. Oh, it's wonderful. Totally worth it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, Mark, meanwhile, out in the courtyard, Larry is minding his own business, enjoying a light snack when Chris and Ann show up, and Larry quickly finds himself all choked up over their situation. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah. That, yeah. That's wordplay. That's yeah. funny is what uh, that is. Wordplay is funny. So it's a little bit later, I believe. Uh, we're still at City Hall, and 
we cut to the outside courtyard that's between buildings. And as you said, Jerry's having a little snack, maybe lunch, something like that. And he, he see, and we see Ann and Chris walk outside. Hey, Constantine, play the clip, buddy. Thank you. Oh, Larry. We've been taking pictures all over City Hall to show our unborn baby where we met. Would you mind? Oh my gosh, I would be honored. <laughs> Say, when are you crazy kids gonna get hitched? You know, actually, we haven't discussed it in a while. No, it's kind of taken a backseat. Well, you know, to each his own, but you guys really seem like you're in love. And when I see a couple who look at each other the way you do, I know it just makes me think that maybe this crazy world is going to be okay. <laughs> that literally went on forever. Mm. I thought we were never going to stop talking. Mm. But now that you have, Ann Perkins, will you marry me? <gasps> Wow. Cracker dust. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course. Let's do it. Have a sip of your water, please. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm a bit of a germaphobe. Oh, no, no. I totally understand. I'm just... Ann Perkins. I'm going to cough it out. <laughs> I would like to spend the rest of my life with you. I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> no part of this is how I pictured it. I thought another cracker might push it through, but... I was wrong. <laughs> Let's do this right. Let's go get an engagement ring. Yes. <laughs> that was a beautiful moment. <laughs> and, and eats another cracker. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so funny. Oh, that's so good. He, he's such a great physical comedian. And it's weird to say it, but I don't think he did enough physical comedy on this show. I agree. It was just me. Yep. Yep. Well, over in the city manager's office, Ben, the new city manager, is doing his very best to adapt to his new role and decides to use a little bit of the old uh, good cheese, bad cop approach to his new role. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. So we now cut to the office of brand new ma city manager, Ben Wyatt. And as you, you mentioned, he's holding off open office hours to kind of break the ice. And we see uh, several people enjoying party favors, including Donna, April and Andy. And Ben explains in a brief talking head that he usually, in the past, to your point, Alan, played bad cop, if you will, to Chris's sure. good cop. But now, well, Chris is leaving, and he's got to do both now, mm -hmm. and he quite frankly finds it exhausting. <laughs> he wants everyone to like him, as evidenced by the party favors, and he wants to be everybody's buddy, but... He also wants everyone to respect him, and he starts kind of, I don't know, laying the hammer down with stuff like, uh, you know, prohibiting use of Facebook at work and limiting bathroom sure. breaks to five minutes, etc. Yeah, he called them his super cool new rules. Yeah. <laughs> Donna makes an astute observation that Ben may be acting all loosey-goosey, but in reality, he's wound so tight, he's going to pop. That is a good observation. Yeah. Well, and I think actually doesn't while while they're standing there, uh -huh. Donna and April and uh, Andy all have their little sidebar. And in the background, isn't he basically taking away uh, benefits from the sanitation department? <laughs> like, Yeah, he said, hey, sanitation, listen, let's talk health insurance. Your dependents don't have it anymore. Have some illegal cheese. Because <laughs> that's the same. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Well, I hope that works out well for him. Yep. Well, back in the conference room, Leslie is checked in with the gang and Tom learns that much like Voldemort and Tom Riddle's diary, Leslie has put her literal soul into this three-ring binder of her own. Yeah, you just can't name it. <laughs> no, you cannot. So we now cut back to the Jerry Gergich Memorial Conference Room, and uh, we see Leslie has apparently retooled uh, the uh, spirit dog board. It's now apparently a spirit kangaroo 
board, which she renamed to Parks and Recreation. Yikes. And we see the gang, Ron, Tom, and Jerry at this point, uh, enter for a meeting with Leslie. Hey, Constantine, do the thing, buddy. Play the clip. Oh, what happened to our spirit dogs? I came up with a way better game. Behold your spirit kangaroo. Tom, you are a blue flyer. Yep. So am I. Yep. So are you yep. and Donna. And yep. look at Ron. Look at Ron. I mean, <laughs> doesn't Ron look exactly like a blue flyer? Yep. He does. There aren't that many different types of kangaroos. Either way, hell of a game, right, guys? Presentations are upon us. So, Tom, which step are you at in the Leslie No Project Preparedness Super System? Yeah, um, once you got on the city council, we kind of stopped doing that. What? Tom, no, you cannot drop the Leslie No Project Preparedness Super System. It was developed over thousands of government presentations that I gave over the past 10 years. It is my very soul. Well, I have my own system. Step one, chill out a bit. Love it. Step two, get up there and rip it. That's your plan, <laughs> to, to rip it. Rip Leslie, it. this is Tom's project. Perhaps you should let him do things his way. Sure, yeah, you should probably just rip it. <laughs> I think that's better than going with a tried and true 80-step system that led to, and I quote, the most thorough and, dare we say, at times over-prepared presentation that we've ever seen. And yeah, that quote came from the Indiana Blue Ribbon Panel on Irrigation and Drainage. Fine, I'll go back to your system. You're the big dog around here. Big kangaroo. <laughs> and thank you. Well, yeah, I was gone for a while and things are a little different around here, but this is still my house. I invented this parks game, son. Oh. Yikes. Damn it, when did they put a lamp here? Oh boy, yikes. And yet one more thing that wasn't there when she left. I know. Yeah. Well, Mark, back at Ben's office, it seems that word has gotten out about his illegal cheese imports, and he soon reconnected with his least favorite city department as a result. Yeah, we uh, we cut back to Ben's uh, spanking brand new city manager office, where we see Pawnee police officers Killnose and Murful, <laughs> I think is his name. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, they enter, and... Ben gets immediately nervous because I don't know if you know this, Alan. Ben is, is deathly afraid of cops. He doesn't care for the cops. No, weird. So the, these uh, these officers they they tell Ben about a tip that they received about some food entering the country illegally. So I'll cut this short. Ben folds like a house of cards, <laughs> and and the officers insist that he come down to the station with him. And he uh, gets up like I give, I give, I, I surrender. surrender. Like okay, here we go. Yikes. You can see him sweating. Oh, yeah. His his physical discomfort around police officers. Adam Scott does such an amazing job with that. He does. He, he really does. does. Yeah. Well, Mark, from the metaphorical crown jewel that is City Hall um, and the Parks Department, of course, it's over to the literal crown jewel at the corner of Fifth and Gunderson, where Ann and Chris are looking for the perfect engagement ring. That's right. We we cut to a jewelry shop somewhere in Pawnee named the, the Fellowship of the Ring. All right. It's called the Crown Jewel. It is? Is it called the Fellowship of the Ring for real? Because yeah. I like that better. Yeah. I just made mine up. Well, it, it was in a, you know how they have sort of like trivia? Yeah. That's the a trivia. Really? Now, the trivia could be lying. We need to put Harvey and Constantine <laughs> on this. I know. It feels like a lie. <laughs> Well, we'll have to do it. We'll have to get those sleuths on the on the tail. Maybe it's in the deleted scenes. We'll go back and look at those again. Maybe. Anyway, so uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, da 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 da, da. and uh, and Anne and Chris are there. And 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 Alan, do you remember uh, the episode from season five uh, called Article Two? I do. And we were introduced to Ted. Sure. Party Day. Oh yeah. Well, apparently, Alan, the store manager, 
It's Ted. Ted. Is Ted. Sure. Yeah. He's called, he prefers to be called Theodore. He does. On account of Ted Party Day. <laughs> Ted Party is. Didn't go well for him. No, no, no. Anyway, uh, we see uh, Ann and Chris is in the store and Ted, Theodore, uh, comes out to talk to them and asks, you know, hey, what you looking at? What's going on? And when they, they admit they decided to just get married earlier that day and a young couple nearby happily remarks on how they've been, oh, they've been planning their wedding for months and there's so much to do. And given their very, shall we say, ad hoc circumstances, Ann and Chris appear to be a little taken aback at all this, I mm-hmm. think. I think they were caught a little bit off guard. Yep. Well, I, Theodore, you know, Ted, set it all in motion with his, you know, shotgun wedding reference. So, you know. Yes. A bit rude, if you ask me. Well, I'm not, not saying he deserves what happens next, but, you know. Maybe a little. It's not a shotgun wedding. I mean, yes, she's pregnant and we did decide to get <laughs> married today and we haven't told our families and we haven't chosen a venue, but it's not a, it's shot, not a shotgun. It's like a not shotgun wedding. Not really. <laughs> it's like the most lately conceived shotgun wedding of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, I don't know what kind of exa- exotic animal hairs you use to secure your personal three ring binders. <laughs> but apparently Leslie has a go-to and we're about to learn which one it is. Yeah. So take note for all you at home that are interested in binder security. Mark's not going to tell his. I'm not going to tell mine. It ain't going to happen. (laughs) D-ring. So we we now cut to the bullpen where Leslie presses Tom about whether or not he opened her Project Preparedness Super Mm. System binder. And Tom kind of, you know, blows her off. He he thinks he's got it under control. And he said, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. You know, I looked at it. Leslie knows that he didn't due to a craftily placed strand of hair. along the binder edge that is still unbroken. So as Leslie and Tom talk, it becomes obvious that they have very different philosophies as far as what the most important part of a presentation is. Leslie feels it's the content, and Tom says it's it's the actual pizzazz, the show-and-tell of the presentation itself. While Leslie is upset that Tom isn't using her tried-and-true method, Tom actually sticks to his guns yeah. and insists he's got this, he just does it a different way, and that Leslie need, needs to relax. But, Alan, I think we, you and I both know, <laughs> Leslie Nope does not relax. She does not relax, and she has an 80-point system mark. Yeah. Which, probably a bit overkill. Yeah, she idles at high stress. She really does. Yeah. And Tom might be a little too ribbit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, we'll see if it's successful. Yeah. Yeah. And Ron, of course, is so distracted by the hair on the binder uh, and it ultimately turns out to be elk hair, which apparently is the premier animal hair to uh, you know secure your binders with. It's the most effective for most binder effective. security. Sure, it's so, costly. So whatever you, Mark uses, I, I bet you, I bet you don't use elk hair though. Well, I'm not lucky enough to have an elk hair guy. <laughs> if you do that, and you have the extra if money, you the hookup. If you have the hookup and you have the disposable income, sure, of course, to spend on elk do hair. It. I mean. Yes, I guess it's the best. What do they sell at Ollie's? At Ollie's, uh, <laughs> they, uh, I, I, I don't even want to talk about no, that. No, they don't. I don't want to disparage the wonderful, no, wonderful it's store. Some sort of cat, I think. But yeah, well, they wish it was cat. <laughs> well, over at the Pawnee Police Station, Ben learns his fate, and we learn that he may also be wanted for other crimes and cheese demeanors. Mark. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Thank you. Nice. Very nice. I'm here all week. Yeah. We we try the veal. Ah, cha, cha. We we try we we try the veal. We cut to the Bonnie <laughs> police station and we see that Ben is handcuffed at this point at yeah. Officer Kilnose's so desk and he is absolutely freaked out. He's a dangerous criminal at this point. Constantine? Yeah, play the clip, please. Thanks, buddy. We've got a couple of customs agents coming down from the border, and they are not happy. I can't believe this. I never break the law. I've never even jaywalked. Never. I mean, I, I, I everyone does it sometimes. Just add that to the charges. Oh, so, well, we got a hit on your prints. Seems as you're wanted for tax fraud in Colorado. What? I've never even been to Colorado. I mean, I had a layover in Denver once. Man, you can't keep your story straight, can you? Come on. <laughs> Pick up the customs guys now. Fellas, he's all yours. You got to see the stupid look on your face. Check this out. I took a picture. Classic. You seemed a little uptight. Thought we'd have some fun with our new boss. Wow, this, you got me. Good one. Making me think I was going to like die in federal prison. And, oh, that's super funny. You scamps. You scamps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if Ben feels so good about the joke at the moment. Yeah, he may not be a fan. I think he's going to wait for his heart to come down from the hundreds of beats per minute. First. Maybe need to dry, change into a new pair of pants. <laughs> he, he, might, he might need to. Well, Mark, from there, we bounce over to Pawnee's finest office park, or at least the one with the best name. And we get a look at the man behind the most famous gravy-based dish in Greater Pawnee. Hmm. This makes me hungry thinking about it. That's right. We cut to the 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 the, the famous office park uh, owned by the Lurpus dynasty, the Lurpus office park. But Stu's not a Lurpus, right? No, he's got his own name, like Stu French. Or I something. mean, I don't know if he's a Lurpus by marriage. Oh, I, I mean, I don't know. I want to believe it. His <laughs> wife who brings out the flutes. She's a Lurpus. You think so? I, I, I feel it in my bones, Mark. I've known your bones longer than I've known you, and they're never wrong. All right. So we we cut to the Lurpus office park uh -huh. where we see Leslie meeting with Stu Mogul. Uh, his name is Stu. Stu. His name is Stu, and he's a Stu Mogul. It's like when you those, the the, those football players have football player names. Yeah. Like you just wonder if their parents want them to be a football player, and they give them those great names for football. Yeah. Did, did, did they want him to have a Stu Enterprise, you know, at some point? Maybe. You never know. Maybe, I don't know. His name's Stu Fretch. Great name. Yeah. And, and his wife's a Lurpus. <laughs> and his wife, alleg allegedly a Lurpus, your honor. <laughs> so Stu tells Leslie about how he's actually been looking forward to retirement. He's, I mean, because he's not like oldie, old, 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 but he's no. not young. And no. so he's he's like looking. He's been at the, he invented the Stu game, son. Yeah, So that's right. Way back <laughs> in the times of yore and yesteryear, he <laughs> was there. And he's looking forward to retirement, and he's going to spend time with his wife. He's going to work on some new hobbies. But Leslie insists, no, 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 you're going to be bored, and you shouldn't retire. And like, you, you, yeah, you think so? And so, But she, she's so impassioned with her argument that Stu is kind of swayed by it. Goes, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, so what happens now? Screw bisque. Screw bisque. That was going to be your hobby. Screw bisque. And Leslie tells Stu that she'll convince, she'll she'll do it for him. She, he doesn't have to worry about anything. Just don't go into retirement and she'll convince the Small Business Coalition to forget about that silly lemonade stand thing and, and, and just keep him around. And they celebrate with flutes of piping hot stew. Brought in by his wife, Susan. The Lurpus. The Lurpus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Allegedly, Yaana. And apparently they're very hot. Oh, Maybe yeah. not your best toasting uh, liquid. 
Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, well, you can't just down the hatch. You got to sip that. That's a sipping stew. It's a sipper. Yeah, yeah. it really is. You got to savor that. <laughs> it's a fine, fine vintage. A fine vintage. Yeah. Well, back at the jewelry store, Chris and Ian are doing their best to either make a purchasing decision or kill a local business. So stay tuned to find out which one. Dot, dot, dot. Guessing both. We, we <laughs> go back to the Fellowship of the Ring, Pawnee Jewelry Shop, and it looks like Ann and Chris have picked out a ring, actually. And uh, Ted uh, Theodore asked them if they want uh, to engrave the wedding date on the inside of the band, and they go, gosh. This we, is his fault. If we, he hadn't done this. I know you're right, but so Ann and Chris kind of look at each other and go, "Oh my gosh, well, you know what? I don't know if we can because we haven't discussed it. Like we don't know when the wedding date's going to be." And then, upon further reflection, they're practically married anyway, Mark. Right? Ann and Chris talk about how, in many ways, they're sure. just as married as most married people, and they and they've never really thought about this before. So, really, how important is it when instead they could skip this step and save thousands of dollars that could go towards something else? So, Ann and Chris tell Ted, "You know what?" We're going to return the ring for a refund. And they, remember that young couple that's oh all thrown in there? So the young yes. couple is nearby mm-hmm. and, and hears this and is kind of startled. And they say, well, maybe we should return our ring, too, because then we could do a down payment on a house or something. Uh, Poor Ted. Poor Ted. Punching bag Ted. Yeah, he is punching bag Ted this episode. Yep. You're not wrong. Well, over in Ben's office, Andy has some sage advice and also apparently a very bad memory. Hopefully Ben can make some sense of it. We now cut to city manager office at City Hall, where we see uh, Ben is back from the police station, perhaps in a new pair of pants. <laughs> and just then, Andy enters his office and asks Ben about... With his high score in Minesweeper. Minesweeper high score. He's very, very <laughs> proud. And he asks Ben about, while he's printing out that high score, a memo that he saw that essentially spells out that, in short, he's their boss. And <laughs> if you do it again, you're going to be suspended. <laughs> I don't know. To me, Alan, in a surprising moment of uh, insight, uh, Andy tells Ben, you know what, dude, you're 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 blowing it. Like instead of punishing, play along, prank them back. And Ben seems willing to consider it. But he admits, I'm not real good with the pranks, you know. And Andy says, oh, I'll help with the pranks. Don't worry about it. He's really good at it. That's now set in motion. Because he, 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 one of the best pranks he ever did was he of dumped all, all time. His, yeah, all he dumped all of his boss's action figures into a fish tank. That was Ben. Oh, he didn't like it. He, he forgot that. It's classic. So, classic. Uh, well, meanwhile, over in Ron's office, Leslie proves that she could be as collaborative as anyone. Mark, you know, anyone who has no ability to collaborate. That is. Yeah, I got more to say about this. I bet you the, do the, 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 at the end. Um, but yeah, you're right on the count of. That's what happened. Yeah. So we cut to Ron's office and Leslie interrupts Ron and Tom by telling them that she saved their bacon. Cue Ron glancing upwards. <laughs> when she de- when she tells them that she decided to bring Stu out of retirement, Tom gets mad, telling Leslie, look, Stu's sales are flat. Lemonade's the future. And I'm still doing my presentation. And Leslie gets angry right back at Tom and says, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do my presentation, too. Hey, like that, Stu, or them apples. <laughs> and then they'll just have to see which which presentation the committee likes best. I, I love this was almost my AKA where she says, you know, in the spirit of teamwork, I unilaterally decided blah, blah, blah. Right. Like that was to me was one of the best lines ever. So I, you know what I almost had is my AKA when she says I saved your bacon. Impossible. You don't even know no, where right. it is. Looks upward. <laughs> uh, 
And, and isn't this where Ron, after they leave the office, he gets up on his desk, he moves the ceiling tile, and he finds a shrink wrap package of bacon. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just makes you wonder how much bacon he has saved all over City Hall. Oh, he has bacon caches all over the Remember he had the, the go bag when Tammy One showed up. Oh, yeah. In a very elaborate thing where you took the spike and you put it in the thing and you pulled it down and a little wall moved and like it was like practically Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Or Mission Impossible yeah. or dun, 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 Rube Goldberg bacon, or all of them. Dun, dun, dun. MacGyver. Yeah, it was all of those together. Yeah, all of them. All in one. Mark. All the things. Well, back at the uh what was it, the Fellowship, Fellowship of, of the, the Ring. Ring. Yeah. <laughs> the owner Theodore is now seriously considering joining Stu in his retirement community as uh the indecisive duo continues to flip flop. <sighs> Poor Ted. Yeah, we, we cut back to the, the, the jeweler store and Ann and Chris continue to discuss the pros and cons of marriage. And Ted walks back with their refund as they requested, just as they happen to be discussing the pros mm. of marriage. So they're kind of like at a high point, if yeah. you will, in their let's, in the, let's in, do it. Yeah, like, let's do it. Like we change our minds. You know, we do we do Ted, Ted. Poor Ted. We do want to buy the ring after all. And Ted kind of uh, rolls his eyes and he walks away to charge it again. And it's getting late, too. We have this sense that, like, it's going into the evening hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, meals are getting skipped. Yes. Like, the whole thing. Yeah. While Ted's gone, though, doing this again, Ann and Chris continue talking, ultimately realizing that, you know what? Eh, maybe we're not maybe really not. sure. Maybe we shouldn't do this after all. <laughs> so Ted comes back and tells them, okay, the ring's yours. And they just said, Ted, we want a refund. Again. Unbelievable. It's almost like it's Ben and Barney Varm. It's it's not different. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Barney. Yeah. Poor Ted. Poor Ted. Well, Marcus, things start to wind up at the Business Coalition meeting, Ron takes one last opportunity to encourage Leslie to let Tom do his own thing. Yeah, we, we cut to the Pawnee Business Coalition and we see Tom pacing. So he's he's like focused. He's pacing. He's in his zone. He's, on, he's in his zone. That's a good way to put it. He's going over his speech. And we also see Ron walk over to Leslie and ask her, are you sure that you want to do this? And when Leslie voices what she feels is her tried and true argument regarding Tom, that he's all flash and no substance, Ron sets her straight, saying, that's the old Tom. You've been gone a while, Leslie. Tom has changed. He ran a business. He sold it for a profit. He's also been working here for six years, and he's learned a lot from you. At some point, you're going to have to trust him to do his job. Mm. And you see Leslie's kind of chewing on this. Yes. Yeah. She's contemplating. Yeah, absolutely. Well, meanwhile, back at City Hall, Andy arrives to give Donna and April a quick warning about Ben's plans. And we get a chance to see what kind of prank chops Ben is bringing to the table. Prank chops are delicious. They are delicious. They're, they're, they're the best part of the pig. I like them like seared, like, you mm, know, mostly. Mm. Yeah. So like you said, we cut to the bullpen. Donna and April are seated, are seated at that central circular table. And all of a sudden we see Andy uh, quickly walk into the bullpen and he seems somewhat panicked. Uh, hey, Constantine, play this clip, please. Thank you, sir. You guys, you guys, be cool. What's going on? I kind of convinced Ben to prank you guys and it got a little out of hand. I probably should have said no to some of his ideas, but he's on his way here right now. Here he is, just be cool. Hey guys, what's up? Um, Oh, I just remembered. Can I show you something out to the front area? And leave your cell phones uh, because of no reason. Just leave anything that can't get wet, actually, like you would normally. 
Okay, here we go to the parking lot now. Wow, this is really sad. Donna. Yep, follow it to me, guys. Just go into the parking lot for normal government reasons. Oh, look at him. Sorry, I can't go through with this. I was gonna pull a prank. No. Yeah, I hired these guys in ski masks to kidnap us, and I was gonna pretend to be a hero. They were gonna shoot me and drive the van into the river, and that's when the divers would go in, pull you guys out of the water, and I would be standing on the shore like, hey, you get pranked much? What the f you got these squibs from the special effects guy. And I was gonna say this code word. And that's when I would push this button. No, 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 no. Oh my God, you got blood all over me. Thank you. Aww. I mean it. Ben, that was amazing. Really? Best prank ever. Takes a selfie. <laughs> with, with her and a bloody Ben. Oh, it's so good. And Donna's face, like Ben is like both saying all these things to get them ready and trying to be nonchalant, which he's totally chalant, uh -huh. whatever that is. Yeah, he's chalant. He's chalant. And then he's moving a meltdown. He's doubled over. Yeah. Like he's just getting like cramps over the whole thing. Right, right. Uh, like as as terrified as he is of cops. Yeah. That's about how how panicked he is with it's this. It's very similar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think we, we rewatched this again the other day and every time that scene just gets me. You know, you know what this reminds me of? What? Uh, you ever see the sitcom New Girl? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Winston. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Who is also, I know Harvey's a fan because yeah. Winston is also called Prank Sinatra. That's funny. We've only really watched the first season of New Girl. We kind of just got started on it. Oh, so my gosh. Have to keep going. Like, Winston, you can't do a prank. I, I'm going to hit you in the neck with a ski. No, <laughs> no, that's not a good prank. <laughs> Poor Winston. Yeah. Poor Ben. Yeah. Winnie the Bish. Well, back at the jewelry store, Anne and Chris finally make a decision, and Theodore finally gets to go home to put his son to bed and tell them horror stories about the free market, I bet. Well, you know, I'm sure his son will be asleep for many, many hours by the time he finally gets probably. home. He's probably going to have to go get a drink yeah. at one of the local uh, drinkeries. Yeah. They call them bars. Bars. Um, drinkeries. Yeah. So <laughs> back at the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, it is getting late. And Anne and Chris are still there, and they're still undecided to Ted's great dismay. And Anne, I think, then has an epiphany. I mean, it's overdue, but finally. She, sure. Like, she sees a locket, right? And she decides that's what she wants. Like, there's not a need for a, a ring. There's not a need for a wedding. They've never been what you would call a traditional, but she, sure. she wants that locket. Nice token. So it's a token and then they can put a picture of their child in there, which Perfect. is like the, the, the central theme around yeah. like all this. And Chris thinks that's a great idea. And when they ask Ted how much the locket is, he just tells them, just take it and get out of here. <laughs> and they comply. Poor Ted. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, at least Ted finally gets to go home. Yeah. Well, Mark, back at the PBC or is the, the the kids call it the Pawnee Business Coalition, it's finally time for Leslie and Tom's showdown. Will it be stew or lemonade? There can only be one semi-viscous liquid. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> very you. nice. Oh, Highlander. Um, yeah. Back at the Pawnee Business Coalition, we see Carter Vustingham, Darva Snurman. Love these names. I and then agree. another lady, I don't know, I caught her name. And they're all sitting in front. So these three are like going to be the like the, the Shark Tank judges or yeah, whatever. Yeah. The, 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 the presentations. And they're preparing to receive the pitches from both Leslie and Tom. 
Constantine, play the clip. We're here to discuss a business contract for the Lafayette Park food stand. Ms. No, you've always steered this committee in the right direction. Why do you think we should renew Hot Stew's lease? Well, frankly, it's because of Stew. Here's a man who was ready to retire, spend time with his family, travel, then he realized, no, I want to spend my time in a small metal box all summer, <laughs> bent over a boiling cauldron of steaming, bubbling meat. Mm. Making Stew is hard. <laughs> Up at the crack of dawn, back-breaking labor, your clothes smelling like salt and gristle. Sure, profits are minimal, but Stu doesn't care about that. Maybe a year extension isn't enough. Maybe we should make it five years. Heck, why don't we give him a lifetime deal? I'd like to see Stu ladling out his pungent beef smoothies <laughs> until we bury him under that shed. Uh-oh. I think I've made a terrible mistake. Okay, that was bleak. Uh, Mr. Haverford, you have a presentation as well? Hey, rip it. Aww. There's nothing more American than lemonade. Just saying the word makes you want to drink some. And now you can. Check under your seats. Hey, has my name on it. Yes, it does. Classic for you, Carter. Darva, yours is a pink lemonade. I know you love that. Because I like pink. That's right. <laughs> now, who here? likes laser shows. Summer foot traffic in Lafayette Park has increased 23%. The Indiana wow. Brothers are the fastest growing beverage company in the Midwest. My projections show they can increase government revenue 30% over the next five years. Plus, they've agreed to waive their franchise fee. Tom was ready. Yep, you, you see there at the end, Leslie looks back at Ron and Ron kind of nods his head yep. like to say, look, Tom's got some chops. Yep. He was right. I mean, and again, you know, in Leslie's defense, she hasn't been there. And I think she's always had a little bit of, I don't know if trust issue is the right way to say it. She's just so used to doing things herself. Right. You know, she's a one woman show and she really hasn't done a great job of letting her team spread their wings. Well, and, and also to be fair, Tom has always been about the sizzle and not so much about the, the steak, yeah. but it seems, I mean, granted, we just had a little glimpse, but it seems sure. like he has the facts to yeah. back up his pizzazz, yeah. which is that's now you got the combo. Yep. And he had personalized everything. It's kind of like he knew his audience. So yeah. right. Terrific job by Tom. Weird to say that, isn't it? I know. It really is. Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we head over to Lockerbie's pub with Ben and the prank gang and the team <laughs> sets the record straight. Yeah, uh, so we see Ben and Donna. It's like the James gang, the prank gang. <laughs> we see Ben and Donna and April Nandy, and they're all having a drink together. And Ben apologizes for the new rules, and he admits he he wants them to both like him and respect him. Mm. And Donna sets him straight, uh, telling him that they didn't prank him because they don't respect him. They pranked him because they love him. Ben seems, I think, somewhat mollified at this. And then to kind of cap things off, Officer Killnose, I love that name, walks over with two beers, hands one to Ben and says, hey, Wyatt, you were a good sport earlier. Hands him a beer. No hard feelings. And then Ben takes the beer, smiles at Killnose, lifts the glass. Nice. Good stuff. It is good stuff. That, that and we learned ultimately how to spell respect. R-E-S-P-E-G-C-G. <laughs> That's how Urethra Franklin spells it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. I love the return of Sweet Stupid Andy. Oh, me too. It was way overdue. Yes. Yeah. Well, Mark, finally in our kicker, we have a few final words and celebrate over some ice cold Indiana Juice Brothers lemonade before Leslie presents Ron with an unexpected token of achievement. 
I think the lemonade toasts better than stew. I believe it would. I think you're right. Plus, you won't burn your lips. No, you won't burn your lips. Yeah, we cut to Ron's office for one last scene, and uh, we see Leslie and Tom sitting with Ron. Hey, Constantine. Hey, buddy. Play us out. Thanks. Here's a little gift for you for believing in me. Oh. It's a gel-based hair serum. (laughs) Enough with the moose. For real. Okay. Well, Ron, you were right. Tom has really grown up. You seem merely overjoyed instead of irritatingly ecstatic. Why? Well, Tom's come into his own. April runs animal control. I mean, does this department even need me anymore? No, we do not. (laughs) April and Tom started out as two of the most apathetic people I had ever met. It's why I hired them. Then you betrayed me and turned them into efficient and caring government employees. This office can indeed function without you. And soon it'll have to. Was that a death threat? We both know you're not going to be here forever. This is a way station on the road to bigger and better things. Whenever you do move on, it should please you to know that... God help me. You've built a well-functioning government agency. Wow. Oh, that reminds me. I know you don't open your mail, but I do. And because you created Tom's position, business liaison, and it's already financially paying off, you have received Pawnee's... Government Employee of the Month. What? I mean, it is taken. Hey, Mark, this next part, I pause it for a minute, is so visual. Why don't, you, why don't you talk us out here? All right, here we go. Ron vaults over his desk, grabs the award, runs it out of the office, cut to his wood shop. Ron saws the award into tiny bits. Now cut to nighttime at a campfire. Ron's feeding pieces of the award into the fire. Now, cut to barely across state lines, Ron digs a hole, dumps a container full of ashes into the hole, refills the hole, tamps down the dirt, puts detritus over it, gets in his car, drives away. Fade to black. black. He does not want there to be any evidence at all. Zero. That he was ever awarded that. Holy hell. Oh my gosh. That also made me laugh a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, as you said, Mark, fade to black. Nice job on the breakdown Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll compare some notes on the old tropes first fun facts bit and uh, give some scores and send everybody home. Let's do it, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you in the mood for heaping plates of outstanding breakfast food? If not, then I wish you a good day as I have nothing else to discuss with you and I, quite frankly, don't understand you. However, if the answer is yes, then JJ's Diner is the place for you. Hello, this is Ron Swanson, a staple for the citizens of Pawnee since its opening in 1976. JJ's Diner is owned by the great JJ Lipscomb and is located at 122 Sunderland between Tramp Stamp Tattoos and the Chlorotech Cadmium Refinery. Some have said that JJ's Diner is the meeting place for Pawnee's political elite. I don't know exactly what that means and I still somehow hope that is inaccurate. However, I do know that JJ's Diner is open 24 hours a day and that breakfast food is the only food I need at any of those 24 hours. My employee Leslie enjoys the waffles and whipped cream. I prefer large helpings of bacon and eggs, like most self-respecting people. Be sure to visit JJ's Diner often, preferably when I am not there. Tell them Ron sent you and receive a free JJ's Refrigerator Magnet with your order of the Ron Special. 
a heaping portion of bacon and eggs accompanied by a delicious side order of eggs and bacon smothered in sausage and sausage gravy. Mmm. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Are we back? We're back. Awesome. We are back. I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. All right. In more ways than one. Mm. So, hey, Mark, you, uh, let's talk about deleted scenes very briefly. Yeah. They were very brief. Uh, two minutes, 54 seconds. I had roughly eight scenes. Um, you know, I'd say this is definitely one of those weeks where there's not a lot that I feel like should have been in the canon episode that wasn't. Yeah, they're they're funny enough. Yeah, if if you have the DVDs or you know you're able to access them, they're they're worth a chuckle. But I, I'd say that's fair. The right decisions. To, yeah. to cut them, I think. Yeah, I, I I feel like there was maybe a few like scenes from the scenes mm-hmm. that would have been nice to have, but not none of them in their their whole. Yeah. So to speak. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, they did establish a little bit more clearly that Andy is back as Ben's assistant officially. Yes. In the deleted scenes, which is inferred in the canon episode. Um, I, I think, you know. Apparently Andy was stealing candy at Sweetums. Oh like that wasn't good so either. So much candy. So much candy. Yeah. And an embarrassing, yeah. unhealthy amount yeah, of candy. That's why he got erased there or deleted. Or uh, what's that called? Fired. That. He got fired, <laughs> erased, and deleted. Good Lord, is this a science fiction show now? What the hell's happening? Um, total recall. Like, total you recall. never existed, buddy. That's right. I, I, w- I want to see Chris Pratt and the third remake of Total Recall. It's oh, going to happen because it's his father-in-law, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That'd be something, huh. wouldn't it? Never made the connection. Arnold could have a cameo. and I don't know. It's a thing. Um, I, I did like... Uh, um, there's a moment where Leslie's moving back into her office. Mm-hmm. She takes down an old Hillary Clinton picture because it's the new Leslie, right? And she puts up a newer version of Hillary Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh. Outside that, <laughs> eh, they were okay. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah. Well, Mark, why don't we get into our tropes first, fun facts, goofs, all that great stuff. I had a few first this week. What'd you get? I had two. I said it was Ben's first day as city manager. Yes. And I said that it was Leslie's first day back at Parks and Rec at least yeah. full time. So That's all I had. Yeah, I said the same. And then I added, and, and I think this is right. Correct me if you believe I'm wrong. I know you will. Mm. Uh, this is the first time that either Chris or and Ann have been engaged. And certainly the first time they've now been engaged to each other. Yeah, I, I think that that has to be true. If it's not... It, it hasn't was been never mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I'll buy that. I win. Yeah. Yes. How about tropes? Um, I had a few. Actually, not as many as last week. I went a little crazy last time. I had a lot. Yeah. What you got? All right. PBJ for Punching Bag Jerry. Got Chris it. telling him he talked forever. Cracker dust, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, which I always have to say, uh, Jerry, Gary, Larry, Lenny, because that always sure. kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. I said Punching Bag Ted. Yeah, I like Cause, that Because for Article 2, he yeah. was a punching bag there t- yeah. as well. Yeah. So I feel like that is kind of a theme And we've had other punching bag recipients, so it fits. That's right. Punching bag Kyle yep. is one of the oh more famous gosh. ones. We miss Kyle. Um, the only one that Jerry could beat up on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bar- so Jerry was higher in the pecking order yeah. than Kyle. Um, fun with names. Yep. All over the place. All over. Yeah. Um, I said TGU, Tom's Growing Up. Okay, that's good. There's a lot of different ways we put that, sure, but you sure, get sure. what I'm saying. Uh, many mugs to the camera. Many. Overprepared Leslie. Like it was stated literally 
like it, it she, was in a quote. Yes, yes yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris says literally. Yeah. Chris says and Perkins. Ben hates cops. Oh my god, yes. Um, I said Chris cop Ben cop. Not because Chris was part of it in this episode, but it was just a reference to how they've traditionally done things. Sure, of course. Uh, Sweet, stupid Andy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Throwback to the first season, the clinking drink at the end of the episode. It'd been a minute. I don't know that they actually clinked glasses. I don't recall, but I mean, that was the feel of it. Like we're we're going to celebrate the end of it with a drink and talk about it. Um, Double rounds. First the lemonade and then the Lagavulin. That's right. Lagavulin is the one that counts, baby. Um, Ron mentors Leslie. Yep. I said as a as a trope, just because we've had it before, barks and recreation, spirit dogs. Yeah, that's good. It, that's There's a callback. A, recall, to that. a callback. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> the Leslie note binders. Yep. D ring. Um, <laughs> lousy with lurpuses. Check out the Pawnee After Dark uh, late night <laughs> edition for that reference. But go ahead. Yeah. The lousy with lurpuses on account of the office park uh, and yes. allegedly Stu's wife, Yana. Um, and finally, I said, food driven Ron hiding bacon in the ceiling. Yeah, no, those are all good. These all qualify. Yeah. Did I miss any? Uh, I only had two in addition to that. Wow. I had April is macabre, right? She loved the blood. Spider. Oh, that's a good one. And that's kind of, you know, it's, it's a, she, I think in the past we've said is Wednesday Adams. Yeah, said yeah. All kinds of things. Yeah. So, and then I had, um, in addition to Tom grows up, I said, Tommy don't need no rules. <laughs> so. You know, because again, yes, he's grown up. Yes, he's more professional. Yes, he's got this, but he wants to do it his way, not Leslie's way, specifically. You know, I I like that. And yet I'm going to say in Tom's mind, he has his own rules, even if the rule is just to rip it. Rip it. (laughs) Step one, chill. Step two, rip it. It's certainly not rules in the sense that Leslie is accustomed to. I I think we need a chill and rip it t-shirt. I agree. I think we need to. Constantine, add that to the list, sir. All right. Thank you. Mark, uh, I, that's uh, so good. Good job on the tropes there. I would say fun facts and goofs. I did not do very well this week. How about you? I had zero for each. <laughs> so tied. I did not do We're well. We're tied with zero. Yay, we win. Yeah. And sometimes, I, you know, I hate to rely on the internet. I try to find my own goofs. And fun facts, I will sometimes go to the internet. But I, I think I just maybe forgot to this week. Mm. So... Fun fact. There, you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> See, we did it. Dun, dun, yes. dun. The more you know, the more you that's grow. Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Mark, let's get into our score and then uh, we'll wrap this thing up. All right. Let's do this thing. Who were your AKAs, Mark? My AKAs? Yeah. Oh, no. No, not those. Your MVPs. Well, I don't know this this strange acronym language you're talking here, Buster. But, you know, here in in the professional department yeah. here at LFP World, yeah, what, what we, we call oh, the on-air talent, Alan, what we call them is, is, is MVPs, which stands for most valuable P. <laughs> All right. So who so, had the most valuable P in this week's episode? I think we know. <laughs> I think we do, too. My, my co, I've had co MVPs to this episode. I had Aziz Asari as Tom Haverford, and, and I had Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt. Okay. All right. And here's why I'm right. I don't know if I'm right. But so I'll here, eventually get to why you're wrong, but go here, ahead. Here's the deal I like Tom's journey. Mm. I, as a matter of fact, I'll go farther than that. I would go as far as saying, and I've been a detractor of Tom when I felt like sure, he's yeah. Yeah. Both de- deserved it. We both have. I would go as far as saying that um, when the show started, it was clearly Leslie's 
story. Sure. She, she was the main, and, yeah. and it's kind of still is. Still is in the long arc. And in the beginning, I think she was the one with whom we were supposed to empathize and relate and, and mark the, the stepping stones in her journey. I think, the, and there really wasn't anybody else like as second second fiddle like that was also had a journey. like the rest of them were in support and they were very funny and they're like clever little and plot mostly lines equally in support of leslie yeah like the most i would say is like i don't know if it's journey but like there's a lot of swanson lore that came out but of it's course. not exactly the same yeah. i would go as far as to say tom at this point is only second to leslie in terms of his journey i'd argue he's grown more than leslie at this point i have something to say about that here i bet in a you second. do I, I, I do as well so I, and I, and I in, in, in fairness, I did not give Aziz part of my MVP co-pair this week. I'll talk about mine in a minute, but I did give him like several weeks ago for the same reasons. Right. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Right. Right. I also like that Tom proves that while we just kind of talked about this, while Leslie's way might work, his way can work as well. There's more mm. than one way to succeed, which is something that Leslie has a tough time with. As far as Ben. Oh. I love Manic Ben. That is a far and away my favorite yeah. kind of Ben. He makes me laugh hard. Yeah. And he's also, 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 he's also relatable at a level I think most of us can appreciate. He's also relate. Yes, he Shut is. Your face. And I'll, I'll say this for, you know what, for, I know that we've talked about how he's, he's he, Adam Scott is very, very talented sure. and, and he's a great uh, a straight man. I think it's remarkable that for someone who typically plays the straight man of the show, which I think is a true statement. I think that's true. Ben probably has more quirks and more tropes than any other character, even Leslie. That's a brilliant design factor if you think about it. Yes. It really is. Yes. Just, just an, an I don't think there's a lot the of writers stra- on the show. Absolutely. I don't yeah. think there's a lot of straight men who could pull that off. Yeah. And, and they're writers. You're right. I mean, yeah. it's the combination of the two. For sure. Um, Alan, I got a bone to pick with you. Okay. So here we go and don't get stuck. Okay. I just simply can't unsee what you chose to put the spotlight on a few episodes ago. What was that? Which is specifically that. I've uh, forgotten. Leslie is a force of nature Mm. and she is extremely talented Mm -hmm. and she is extremely smart and she can get a lot of things done. But she is a poor leader and she is a terrible team player. Yeah. I was going to bring it back up this week. Yeah. Like in in military terms, Mm -hmm. she might make a good commando, like going solo on on missions and like kicking butt all by herself. She probably would make a good commando, but there's no way she could command a platoon. And I love Leslie and I see why her team loves her. And yet it's not through the fact that she gives them their own like, you know, missions and like, she doesn't entrust them enough. Right. And yet they still love her and we love her. Nor is she able to look outside of her own head, her own mind and say, that's not a bad idea or that might work or whatever. That's exactly why I was saying, I feel like Tom at this point in the arc today has shown as much growth, if not more than Leslie herself. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because he had farther to come, in fairness. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I, I thought that the Anne and Chris story was 
somewhat cute, but ultimately it was a throwaway. And and I get it. Like I, I get that they they may be struggling with what to do with those characters because they're leaving the show soon. Yeah, yeah. But still, but but there's two redeeming things. We got to see Ted again. I like I like that I guy. Too, yeah. Um and uh and poor Ted. Oof, what a day. And in in my opinion, Jerry's scene with them was the best part of the sea story, bar none. Fair. That just cracked me the hell yeah. up. I love that he thought that choking down one extra dry cracker. I tried to push it through with another cracker. It It didn't work. (laughs) 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 And the hand's just like, none of this seems right. None of this is what I expected. Nope. Um, All right, enough of that. Crazy Mark Rubrick incoming. All right. right. I'm going to give this sucker um, a four base score. I I thought the A and B stories were very, very good. And the C story was meh. So I'll give it a four. Um, I'm going to give uh, half a point each to my co-MVPs, uh, Aziz Sansari as Tom Haverford and Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt, half a point each, so a point total for all that. Um, I'm going to give another point for um, good performances, even though they weren't my co-MVPs, good performances by uh, Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope, Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson, uh, and Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer. I'm going to give half a point for uh, a combination of the a de- decent use of the comedic bench. They didn't do too bad a job. Plus an okay list of guest stars. Not as stellar as it's been in the past, but we That's had true. Brian Stack as Ted, Will McLaughlin as Officer Kilnose, who we've seen on the show several times before. Officer Randy Kilnose. Uh, Randy Kilnose, that's right. Um, uh, Van Epperson as Stu Fretch, <laughs> which quite frankly, Van Epperson, I, I would think that was fun with names. I think that's his real it's name. It's close, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Tom versus Leslie combo. I like mm. this. I thought that it was well done, especially to highlight Tom's abilities. And yeah, it kind of highlight Leslie's inabilities. And I've, I've harped enough about that. And, I'm and not of all the people it. she wouldn't have trusted to have it, it makes sense. Yes. I, I, I like the head to head and I like the way that it went. I'm going to give half a point to the proposal slash choking combo. (laughs) I just thought it was brilliant. As you said, uh, uh, Jim O'Hare is a brilliant physical comedian. Absolutely. And I thought that that was one of the few redeeming qualities of the C story. I thought that was hilarious. I love the way he reacts to punching back Jerry now, too. Yeah. Uh, Or Larry or Gary or Jerry, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, Chris is like, that literally went on forever. Mm. And he went, "Mm." Mm. (laughs) hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to let that roll off my back. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Ben freakout combo. Mm. I love, love, so love good. the scene where Ben was trying to pull that prank. And, and again, it made me think of Winston on New Girl, like where he goes way, 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 way too overboard too far. to quote Donna. What the bleep? <laughs> um, I'm going to give half a point for what I call the resolution combo. Tom succeeding with his present presentation. Ron telling Leslie she gasped, succeeded in creating a well-functioning government department, Ben getting the love and respect that he was looking for all along, Anne and Chris finally deciding what they really want. And finally, I'm going to give half a point for what I've called before the bookend combo. I love Leslie's mock interview with Ron to retake her position. That cracked me up. And I also really liked Ron clinking and drinking with Leslie at the end and Ron's freaking very visual journey to burn and bury the awards. So half point for that. Add all the crazy Mark points up. You get 9.0 little Sebastians for me, Alan, there were really enough memorable moments. So Jerry choking 
Ben trying to pull the prank, yeah. the the <clears> Tom <throat> going head to head with Leslie, the nice clink and drink at the end with Ron and Leslie. There were enough really good, memorable moments in this episode, both funny and poignant. I did consider giving this a 9.5, but with Leslie annoying me enough as far as what a bad leader and team player that she is and the C story just kind of meh, it, 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 I thought a 9.0 was more appropriate. So that's my review. You know what to do with the scuba. I'm going to dig a hole near the Illinois border and I'm going to bury it. Yep. And we're never going to speak of this we're again. We're never going to speak of it again. No, no, no. I, here, here's the ways in which I will count down from a perfect score. Um, it did not get one, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, well, first, let me let me do this in the right order. Yeah, do it in the right order. I'm going to do the, my AKAs first, or the MVPs. What are we calling them this week? The, the AKAs? What country are you from? The MKVPs. Oh, my gosh. My MVPs this week. Who did good? Who did good? <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, the gooders, the good <laughs> ones were Adam Scott and Nick Offerman. Those, that's my co-MVPs. I totally could see that. It's, it's Yeah. And I can see exactly what you did with Aziz and Adam Scott as well. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer necessarily. Not that we're going to say on air. Yeah. Go fair ahead. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'd say that I, I feel like, you know, it's almost obvious why those two were chosen or in your case, why you chose Aziz, I, I think was maybe less obvious, but I think you argued it very well. Nick Offerman was at the top of his form as Ron Swanson in this episode. Yes. And it's hard for me to argue <laughs> against him personally. Maybe the way they wrote Ron could have been a little bit more involved, but I like what they did. Mm-hmm. And I liked all of his reactions, both how he kind of got choked up giving Leslie that that compliment about making an efficient government, you know. Good God. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's hard for him to say. Oh, I'm sure that tore him up. It tore him that. up from the inside yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the the burying of the the award at the state line and just. Ensuring that he didn't, that she, yeah. Leslie didn't steal his bacon. Bacon in the ceiling. Oh, my gosh. Just classic, classic. That's Swanson. Qua- classic Swanson and well done by Nick Offerman. Adam Scott just made me laugh. He was the highlight of this episode for me, and um, he he fully deserves full-on MVP for that. Here we go. Follow to the parking lot now. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is so horribly... That, that You know what? That's one of the few times, I think, in this show, yeah. this is more often done by The Office. But yeah. there are a few times in this show where a cringeworthy moment really works, works. and it's usually him. Yeah, That's very true. It almost always is him, as a matter of fact. Because other people do the cringe stuff and it almost doesn't always work. Usually, but he only does it to himself. Right. It's always, he, it's he implodes. Focused. Yes, he implodes. <laughs> he benplodes, yes. So the benplosion uh, got him a co-MVP this week for nice. sure. Um, I felt like that, you know, this... So on paper, Mark, this mm-hmm. should have mathed better for me. It just should have. Yeah. We had good bench usage, decent for sure. Right. Uh, like you said, maybe not the best guest list ever, but still some very That's funny right. ones. Um, generally funny parts of the show for sure, including the ones we've already mentioned. I'd say the A story was good. Yeah. The B story was better than the A story. And the C story was okay. That That's the way I would talk about these three. I feel like whenever the B story is slightly better and maybe only slightly than the A story, you may be in trouble. Hmm. Interesting. You know, it's like a Jeff uh, Foxworth, you may be a redneck, redneck if moment. Uh-huh. This is the math for that. If your B story is slightly better than your A story. You may be in trouble. You, you may be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Go back and take a look at that. Um, I love the kicker. I mean, the kicker was great. Yeah. The cold open was funny. Yeah. Um, 
on paper, this should have been at least in my mind, a nine and a half. But I don't even agree with you that it was a nine. Mm. And I flip flop back and forth uh, almost as much as Ann and Chris did in their purchase of the ring. Oh, no. On whether this should be an eight or an eight and a half. Oh, my. And, and sadly, what happened for me was I did my analysis last, not watch it last. And I fell to the to the mathematical side of things and went, this is an eight. There had been too many really good eight and a halves for me to give this an eight and a half. I, I, and I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't hate this episode. I really liked portions of it, but I felt like my uh, my feelings about this episode were like a roller coaster. They were up and down all the way throughout the episode. I, I would agree with that. I was like ready to turn it off and then rolling on the floor. And I think you have to have better balance than that to deserve a 9.0. That, that's the only way in which you're wrong. I I, I see why you're saying that. But eight's it, pretty harsh, and I recognize that. But I, because that occurred to me as well, I just, I feel like the high points for this episode were higher than most episodes. Mm, it's just, it, it's just, it couldn't maintain that. It, I, I, it, Icarus too close I, to the sun. Fair. But I don't agree with you. I think the reason that they stood out so much is because of the low points. Mm. I think in a more balanced episode, they would have been great at great moments, but they wouldn't have seemed so much greater. That's just my opinion here. I don't know. Adam Scott. I know. Com- becoming completely unglued. Jerry choking. Like, Those are both great. <laughs> but, but I take your point. Yeah. I'd say, you know, I, I did I did kind of do a little more analysis and said, you know, I feel like maybe overprepared Leslie's become a little bit of a tired bit. And, and I think this this hung its hat on I that. I could see so, that. So that's why one reason I had some trouble with the A story. Um, and I feel like I just, I love Tom's growth. And I just wanted to see more growth for Leslie by this point. All the things she's been through, I wanted her to be in a better place. But the last note I w- wrote was, but Alan, this is just a stop on the Leslie Nope greater arc. Mm. Like, I think it's important to recognize that. Like, that... They have to have an episode a little bit like this to give it somewhere to go. I, I guess that's true. At least true. for Leslie. I guess that's true. And you know how we we kind of gave a, I'm going to draw a parallel here. We, we gave Ann and Chris kind of a tough time at one point because all of a sudden Ann wanted to be a mom seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and it's like. And all of a sudden they were together and in love. And, 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 and I, think, times, yeah. I think we said this, and correct me if I'm wrong, that we were like, you got at some episode here. You need to address this and make it right. And until they did that, it just it kind of gnawed at me and yeah. gnawed at me and kind of detracted a little bit from the scores yeah. or at least made me want to. And then we got used to it. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit the same now since you couldn't just keep your thoughts to yourself. And you, you highlighted what a poor <laughs> leader and team player Leslie actually is. And I love Leslie, I know. but you're just you're freaking right. They need to address that and give her some real permanent growth. Not to say change 180 degrees, but just show us some growth in that direction to where you go, I'm starting to get it. But you know what? And I I think this is okay because maybe Leslie shouldn't be a mid-level manager. Maybe she needs to be something more independent and her own force of nature in a different role somewhere else. And I think that's what we're Like a Jen Barkley? Yeah, like a Jen Barkley or or something Jen Barkley has recommended for Leslie, bigger and better, right? You know? Yes, if you don't want to like work with the, you know, the, the the horrible monsters and losers, right? Rise above. And I think she'll have to rise above for her for us to feel like she's in her right place. Here, she doesn't feel like she is. I could and I, could I see think that. that's by design. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. 
doesn't change my score, but I think it's on purpose. And um, I, I, I feel like my score doesn't isn't doesn't fully reflect the how good the episode is. I'll just use my baseline again. Parks is so much better than other shows, mm-hmm. even in it's a great episode. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'll hang my hat on that. I, I think you're also saying that had they not had some of the low points, it would have easily been significantly higher. I think if they had tweaked the A story slightly, this would have easily been, it would have put me into the eight and a half, nine conversation without question. Right. I just felt like they dropped the ball enough in the right places that I had a hard time giving this a full eight and a half today. I'll buy that. So, all right. I rounded down. There you go. But you know what? There's always next week. Mark. There's always next There's week. There's always next week. Yup. Mark, and speaking of next week, we'll be back with a new episode next week. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have our spotlight episode. That's right. And then we're going to pick back up with season six, episode 12, Farmer's Farmers Market, Market. and some hot and sexy char. Mm. Yeah, that's delicious (laughs) stuff. It is delicious stuff. Mm. We'll have to see how that one scores. I don't even know if Chris would like that. You know what occurs to me at this point in this Mm. episode as well? Where are, where are some of the Eagleton folks? I know most of them left, but so where's Craig? Craig stayed. Craig hasn't been in an episode in a while. Yeah. He's he, here and you, then he's gone. You know what? You're right. That is, that was a little odd. I have I, some I, hope for Craig's rec- return. I get everybody else because yeah. they like. They're gone. They're gone. But Craig was a winner. Yeah. And, and it felt like he was definitely going to stay. But he's inexplicably been gone. So we'll have to see what that's about and see if he comes back. The last time he was in an episode was when they created the spirit dogs. Yes. Oh, and then this week she tried to change it to spirit kangaroos. That also. Everybody's a blue flyer. Yeah. 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 Everybody's a blue flyer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think, Mark, that about wraps it up. And thank you, everyone, for listening this week. And we really appreciate you. Um, Go out. You know what? I, mm. I meant to say this before, and I've never said it quite this way. Mm. We would love your review on Apple Podcasts, no matter what podcast platform you happen to listen to us on. That's right. Because that's the one that helps us the most, and we would greatly appreciate that. I think that's true. Well said. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well said to you, Mark. Oh, thank you, sir. All right. Well, that about does it then. We will see everybody next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us.